the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. Speaking of exact opposite, I'm joined by my sidekick, Ramon B. How are you, Ramon? I am in my happy space, which is really? right here with you. And otherwise known as the padded cell. It's mm-hmm. not really padded. It's foam covered. Uh, it's not like mattresses are taped to the wall. It keeps me from hurting myself. That's right. So uh, speaking of self-harm, we're going to do the uh, headlines of the day. These are actual headlines from the paper. Actual paper. We can hear it. Sounds good. Okay. This is going down as uh, worst job in the world. That's our category. Vladimir Putin is paranoid. Have you heard this? No. Uh, Mm -hmm. Paranoid Putin, huh? Yeah, he's so paranoid that, that someone may know the details of his health that he has his excrement collected when he's on the road and brought back to Moscow. Uh, so I think that's a weird job you're not going to see on ZipRecruiter. Excrement oh. collector. Well, you know. <laughs> I've the collected price is... a lot of weird excrement yeah. in my day, but that's another story. Not Russian one. No. Not Russian stuff. Did I ever tell you I spoke Russian when I was a kid? You did not say that. I spoke Russian when I was a kid. Got a little bit? I I only know one word, yaitsa. And that is? See if you can guess what yaitsa is. Uh, It sounds like something you would say when you stub your toe in the middle of the night. What is it? Egg. Mm -hmm. That's the word for egg in Russian. Now, speaking of Russian. Let's... I was listening to a podcast. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are evidently other podcasts. I wasn't aware. Yeah. Yeah. Evidently, it's a big, it's a big deal. We, I think it's going to catch on. We have the first one ever, but, and other people have, have done it. Not many, but there's a few. So uh, I'm listening to this podcast and this lady, and I, I wish I could remember her name or her, the book she wrote or something, but she's a sociologist – Sociologist. Is that, that I was, is that what I said? Yes. Sociologist. Soci. <laughs> and then uh, a anthropologist and some other ologist stuff that's yes. uh, way over my head. But she figured out that America has – and this is not going to be a shock to you or anybody in America – that we have a much higher rates of mental illness. Did you know that? Um, I way, would figure way higher. Yeah, I would think that's probably true. Absolutely. Uh-huh. She's from Russia, or as Russian women like to pronounce it, Russia, Russia. So uh, she comes up with this uh, reasoning for that that sounds right to me. So 
she was talking about how in Southeast Asia they have many much lower rates of of uh, mental illness. And the reason is she used the example of like if you're the daughter of a shoemaker, you your your life is mapped out for you. You know that you're going to marry a shoemaker. You're going to have children. They are going to be shoemakers. Probably their last names is going to be, going to be shoemaker. shoemakers. <laughs> right? So so and and kind of it was like that when I was a kid. You didn't have lots of options, you mm-hmm. know. But today, she says, uh, you have so many options that it makes you crazy, which sounds right to me. So she her her point was that uh, uh, we're always talking about what's possible for you in America, and we never talk about what's expected of you. And that is true in real estate. You get into real estate and they said, oh, you could do land, you could do commercial, you could do this, you could do that. And I'm thinking, I like uh, lunch sounds like a good idea yeah. to me. I don't, I don't, it's too many, too many choices. So, um, and in Russia, where she's from, they have fewer choices. You know, yeah. you stand in line for three hours, they only have one and they're out of it. So it makes it very simple. But the, the people tend to be happier when they have fewer choices and less crazy. So I get into real estate. They say, oh, you know, they were always talking about what was possible for me and they never said what was expected of me. So you had to figure that out on your own and it was uh, very difficult. So if you're a fearless agent, what is expected of you is simply this. You're going to learn five presentations, listing, pricing, for sale by owner, buyer and investor and then uh, you're going to – uh, not memorize them, but you're going to be able to do them competently without skipping steps. So if you are, uh, if you cared about being doing a great job for your sellers, your buyers, and your investors, you would learn those five presentations. So when I came to real estate in 1984, there was not a single agent in my entire state that had those five presentations. In fact. There was not a single agent in the United States of America that knew those five presentations of any kind. So it occurred to me, well, that's not the way this should go. And I came from a different uh, industry where it was a kind of a presentation thing, I think, in, in presentation. Uh, and not to sell people stuff but just to explain things to people so that they, you can help them think it through and help them make good choices. So in real estate, people tend to make very, very bad choices and uh, if you have the right presentation, then you're going to help them make good choices. So listing, pricing, for sale by owner, buyer and investor and then how do you present an offer in a way that causes people not to make bad choices? How do you negotiate which is like maybe writing counter offers in a way that keeps people from making bad choices? and having making sure they have good outcomes. So to be competent and professional, you would in my opinion have to have those 5 6 7 presentations um, nailed down. So if you don't want that, then you'd have to rethink why why wouldn't I want that? Well, just because the your company does not teach that to you like mine didn't. Uh, just because no one else does it that way, that's not really a good excuse. So I want you to be very professional as a fearless agent, always looking out for the best interests of your seller, buyer, or investor. And then you got to have the right words to say on the phone 
to get yourself into as many of those face-to-face situations as possible to help not only you help as many people as you can, but you earn as as much as you can. I'm going to have coffee. We're going to go right to the coffee early. So when I'm a uh, when I'm a listing agent, uh, my job is to make the buyer overpay. So let's say I was selling my house, you were my agent. I would say I would like you to make the buyer overpay for my house. Um, if that offends you, then uh, you're not the right agent for me. Uh, my purpose when I'm working with a buyer is to make sure that the buyer overpays for the house they're going to buy, which is consistent and fair. So when I'm the buyer myself, uh, I'm, I'm expecting to overpay to get the, the best house. I will pay more than anybody else would be willing to pay. That's what capitalism is all about. They're going to sell it to the highest bidder. It is going to be me. So that's, that's the idea. Um, and then my purpose when working with an, an investor is to make sure they get the highest rate of return they can get with all the, the safe choices that they can make. So that's my purpose. So I've got five presentations that are going to make sure that those things happen for those people, listing, pricing, for sale by owner, buyer, and investor. That's what's expected of me as I, if I'm an agent. What's possible is for me is many, many things, but not if I don't do what is expected of me. So if you're a fearless agent, my expectation of you is that you're going to learn those five presentations, do it at your own pace, because I want you to do a great job for your buyers, your sellers, and your investors. So we have been talking about, um, and then time management, I would expect that every day for you would look the same. So if every day looks the same, you are less crazy. It's insane to have every day look different in your job if you had a uh, you know, regular job. You would probably get to work on the same time every day. You'd probably leave pretty much the same time every day. You'd probably eat lunch at the same time every day. You'd probably eat dinner at the same time every day. Realtors don't do that. Only civilians do that for some reason. So if you're a fearless agent, you're going to eat lunch at noon. You're going to eat dinner at 5, then the rest of your day has to wrap around that so you're not hungry and cranky and tired. You have to sleep. So start picking up the phone, prospecting at 8.59 a.m. At noon, it's time for lunch. You maybe have booked an appointment or two by then. Uh, So that would equal 5 in a week if you work weekdays only. Then you've, you can do a 2.30 listing appointment in the afternoon. You can do a 7 p.m. listing appointment in the evening. You can get paid twice in one day, help two different clients in one day. So that's, that's the way that works. And then the, the next thing is don't fall for uh, smoke and mirrors, believe, beliefs in the Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and all these kinds of things. So we've been talking in the past episodes. By the way, I was in uh, – Texas, I told you that. Yes. Remember Robin, the funny chick that was on the uh, – Absolutely. Yeah, so I saw her there. 
and Jeremy, who's been on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then I was telling you, I was showing you pictures of the – I went to the David Koresh compound. Okay. The Branch Davidian. The Branch Davidian. Yeah. David Koresh compound. And How the, was the gift shop there, and by the a way? Lot, yeah, it's Spartan. It's yeah. Spartan. Not a, lot, not a lot of gifts. Oh, so, well. so oddly – uh, so I think, oh, I'm in Waco. I'm going to go see if I can find that. So I'm Googling and, and I find the uh, place and they still have those people are still living there. Mm. Those, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so um, That's amazing. Like I told you, it was the good old days when the uh, government supremacists were burning down the white churches. Yeah. <laughs> so the good old days, but uh, kind of creepy. So – I think those people tended to believe in the fairy tales and the Easter Bunny and those kind of things. So in in real estate, uh, the little reality check as we're doing our listing presentation is not saying the stuff that of every other agent would say. So if the if any other agent would ever say it in a listing presentation, I knew I was not going to say it. So I designed my listing presentation so that no other person could ever say what I say. And I knew I wasn't ever going to say anything that they had said. So I'm assuming that every seller has already met with other agents and I that I do have competition. Even if I'm meeting with a friend, it's more likely that I have competition if I'm meeting with a friend, actually. So they'll check me out with a, a real realtor or something like that. So let's just have you write something down. So the MLS – 95% in any market that has an MLS, 95% of the houses that sell sell as a direct result of one type of advertising and one only. It's three letters. It's the MLS. Now, everybody knows that. So write that down. Now, to the left of the word MLS, write 95%. So then think of all the other things that realtors do. You know, we put up a sign. We uh, put the little tube on the bottom of the sign or the little box. We put flyers in the box. We run ads. We run ads on Facebook. We run ads on Zillow. We run ads on uh, uh, some of those uh, uh, magazines that you see in uh, convenience stores or, or car washes. You usually have some of those sitting around, realtor magazines. Uh, we run ad. We you know, advertise on uh, www this and that and the other thing and the World Wide Web. We do social media. We have open houses. We have VT, which is virtual tours. We have TV. You can advertise on TV. You can advertise on the radio. We're in the radio station right now. That we are. You could advertise on this here radio station. You could uh, have a 1-800 number, or in Ramon's case, it would be the 1-900 number. But anyway, there's a number you could call. You want to right? give it out or shall nah, we wait for later? So. Okay, fair enough. So uh, the, uh, but if 95% of the houses sell as a direct result of one form of advertising and one only, and that is the MLS, why is it that while all those other things that I mentioned – represent only 5% of the houses that sell, why is it that when a real typical non-fearless agent realtor goes on a on a listing presentation, they spend 95% of t- their time talking about that stuff that does not even work? So that's insane. Okay, so the reality is there's the MLS, which works, 
and there's all that other stuff that doesn't. Now, if you take the sign and the tube on the sign and the flyers and the ads and the magazines and the World Wide Web and the social media and the open house and the virtual tours and the TV and the radio and the 1-800 numbers, if you took all those things, they only account for 5%. That means no single one of them would represent even 1% of the houses that sell. And the first one, the sign, represents about 30% of all of that 5%. So that, that's the best of all the things that are in there. So you would never need to do anything other than the sign and the MLS, and you would always get just as much, probably more, for your, for your listing if you listed it correctly in the MLS, which I rarely see. I rarely see agents in this market or any market actually doing a good job or competent job of, of uh, listing their own, uh, their own listing. So uh, why is it that the agents talk about all that other stuff? Well, it's because they've been taught uh, that all that other stuff is good, and it is good. It, but it's not good for the seller. It's good for them. Me having a uh, flyer in the tube on the sign, uh, that's not good for the seller. That might be good for me, the agent. Uh, the ad that I run in the magazine, that might be good for me. It's certainly not good for the seller. Uh, it's probably bad for the seller, honestly. The open house, that's probably not good for the seller. It's good for me. But it might not be good for the seller. Assuming that I'm doing the MLS correctly, okay, then those other things would be harming the seller maybe, actually, some of them. So there's two types of marketing. There's the media marketing, which is uh, Bob is the world's greatest agent. You know, Century 21 is the world's best company, um, something like that. So that's media advertising. And then the only other type of advertising in real estate is classified style advertising. So when you're sending postcards out, you know, Bob just sold this, Bob just listed that, which no fearless agent would ever do, by the way, because they wouldn't need to. Uh, and it would hurt them probably if they did. Then the uh, uh, that is media advertising. That's that's about the agent. Bob's the, look how good Bob is. Okay, but all the other advertising, one hundred percent, that's not media. Look how great the agent is. Look how great the company is. Is going to be. Uh, look how great the house is. You know, here's what the house is like. Call Bob. So that is classified style advertising. So back in the old days, you'd have the classified ads in the newspaper. Whether it's virtually virtually done, digitally done, on the internet or off, paper, plastic, doesn't matter. It is, it is classified style advertising. Here's what the house is like, three bedrooms, two baths, in a lovely neighborhood, call Bob, okay? In other words, it's not advertising me. That's media advertising. It's advertising the house, which is classified style advertising, okay? So we agents, we all do this stuff, right? The difference between me 
and all the other agents is I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that's how houses sell. The media advertising certainly is not going to sell your house. It might sell me. The classified style advertising isn't going to sell your house. In fact, maybe 1% of the houses in your market sell as a direct result of any form of classified style advertising where you're advertising the house. But all the other agents you'll ever talk to are going to spend 95% of their time talking about all this stuff that doesn't even work. The other common thing you see is open houses. So, you know, when you when you look at open houses, um, if I if I was knowing what I know about real estate, which is everything, by the way, but uh, if I was going to sell my own house, I would list it with a you know real estate professional. Yes, it would be a fearless agent, and. Uh, would I have an open house? I most certainly would not have an open house. So if my house were to sell as the direct result of an open house, then I know that the agent screwed up and didn't do the MLS right and I'm selling my house too cheap. There's no doubt about that. So does that make open houses a bad idea? Uh, yeah, it would make it a bad idea for me at my at my house. Now, if it was already sold or something like that and the agent wanted to hold it open, that, that would be fine. But open houses, like if, if you're a fearless agent and you're, let's say, brand new in real estate and you were going to do uh, 40 listings in your first 12 months in the business like many fearless agents do, then you're not going to have time to be holding open houses. There's no doubt about that. It's just not going to happen. So when you go to the seller and you're talking uh, – you're doing a listing presentation, does the seller expect you to do an open house? Well, yeah, they do expect that. Every seller expects their agent to do an open house. Does the seller want the agent to do an open house? Do they want to clean up their house, uh, declutter it for the first time ever? Do they want to wash the dishes for the first time this week? Do they want to make the bed for the first time in three years? Do they want to uh, uh, leave for the whole day while I eat out of their refrigerator and reprogram the clicker on their TV? Probably not. So it's how we present that to the seller. But if you're not going to do something that every seller kind of expects you to do, you're going to have to cover that. So the way the fearless agent listing presentation is laid out is you're addressing all the things that the seller expects that you're going to do it the opposite way. And uh, But this is after they already trust you. They already have decided to list with you during the four questions, which is the magic in the in the fearless agent listing presentation. But if I'm not going to hold open houses and I didn't, then I would have to cover that. So I would say I now if I wanted to hold their house open for whatever reason, which would be a lunacy for me when I was an agent, I would have said I appreciate the opportunity to hold your house open. And then I'd go right to the next thing. Um, now if I'm not going to, which is the way I I did, I didn't. I said uh, I appreciate the opportunity to hold your house open, but I do want you to know that if I had my own house for sale, there is no way, no absolute way I would ever 
hold my own house open because it's it's defeating the whole purpose. You know, my job is to sell your house or if it was my house to sell my house to that one buyer on planet Earth willing to pay the very very most for for your house or mine. And you know, what are the chances that buyer is going to be happen, happening to drive by on open house day at the time we pick to have the open house, see the sign and not be looking at, you know, some roller rollerblading crash instead, uh, uh, have time to stop in? I mean, the, the odds are astronomical against that. So we want real buyers with real money, the people who are willing to grossly overpay for your house. To they have real estate agents, by the way. They're gonna they're gonna find out a different way that your house is for sale, and then the other thing that you see um, agents doing uh, ridiculously wrong is uh, flyers. You know, you'll see the sign, and on the sign there's that tube or the little box, and and we have tubes here because it never rains. In other states, they have the box on the sign. Yeah, I've seen that on, on different TV shows and such. Yeah, we have like the carport for the flyer. They have the garage. You know. Ooh. Yeah. So they so the the buyer is driving by, they see the house, they go, Oh, that looks like a nice house. They pull out the flyer and they they see uh, uh the price and they go, Oh, I can't afford that. They shove the buyer the flyer back in the yeah. in the tube. And then they don't call the number on the sign. What was the whole purpose of the sign? It was to get him to call me. If I give them too much information about the house, they won't call me. It's like pictures in the MLS. The more pictures you have in the MLS, the less calls you're going to have, the less showings you're going to have, the less your listing is going to sell for. That is, that's absolutely how it worked for me. We yeah. pulled it and we're like, nope. You know, you're just going through. I love the picture of the toilet seat up. You know, those oh, that's nice. fancy, uh, great, great photos. So uh, – if you have one picture, you know, the one exterior picture of the house, if the exterior is not hideous, but if it is, then use the backyard or something like that or an aerial view or something where it's not hideous, then you'll get way more showings. By the way, my coaching students have tested this many times, done it both ways. We have that figured out. But everything you're taught in the real estate industry is wrong. And in the listing presentation, you're not trying to sell the seller on using you. That already happened before you got into the listing presentation. The fearless agents have them sold during the four questions. And this is a way to address problems, crush objections, uh, uh, crush crazy ideas that people have so you don't have to argue with people. You make it their idea. They go, oh, yeah. You say, of course, you. I know you know this, but you know, all advertising is either two types. Obviously, you know this. There's media advertising. Of course, you know the only other type is. So when you say it like that, they go, oh, yeah, 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 I know that. They're agreeing with you every step of the way. So that's that really is the secret. Now, if any of the stuff that we talk about on the on the big show here makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, if you would like to learn more, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. Let's just see if what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what we do here at Fearless Agent would be a good fit. If it is a good fit, you will get rich. If it's not a good fit, we'll admit that. I'm still happy to help you in any other ways I can. 
Please don't think you're bothering me. Don't email me. Don't text me. Always call me. People in sales need to get good at the phone. We practice what we preach. Call me at 480-385-8810. And if for whatever reason you can't afford coaching, please visit fearlessagent.com. Watch our 45-minute webinar. Take lots of notes. Go to our video training page. My guarantee is the free videos there would be way, way better coaching, and it would be free than you would pay any other coach any amount of money for. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you, even for free. So uh, we are here for you. And then uh, it's that time of the day when, once again, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Also, if you're a real estate broker owner or an owner of a real estate company and you happen to be recruiting fewer agents than you wish you were, give me a call again, 480-385-8810, right after you've watched the video at fearlessagentrecruiting.com. And please give us a five-star review of this podcast on whichever platform you're on. And until next week, do what we always do as fearless agents. Always have fun. Be humble. And most of all, be fearless. Thanks again. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 